everybody. Welcome back. Happy. It's February. We're recording a podcast. It's <laughs> it's Tuesday. Tuesday. Two twenty-two. It's crazy. Also, I was just also thinking about this because I'm like, oh my gosh, we're also going to have a two twenty-two, two o two two. Think about oh. it. I know. Oh. <laughs> o two 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 o two two. I did not. Uh, that one didn't think about that one, and I only knew about the Tuesday today because of preschool because of school <laughs> is he please tell me he's still wearing his suit uh no because <laughs> they canceled school today and tomorrow yeah also i heard hey it's like he knows we're talking about him hi buddy i know i know i also heard previously that he has no shirt on so <laughs> <laughs> he must have put it on it's freaking freezing in here i'm like how are you walking around no clothes on because <laughs> he's four that's how <laughs> gathered from that little intro we're recording on february 2nd um it's actually like our first podcast back live yeah isn't that crazy uh i know i've it's been like i don't we didn't do any in january right no 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 i got back then chaos on your end and then we were both like okay we it's okay let's recoup (laughs) uh it's the third podcast of 2020 Two. 2022. <laughs> <laughs> See, we don't even know what year it is. It's going well. It's going well. <laughs> but we oh, wanted to discuss today, our last podcast was Do Delegate Delete. And if you're anything like Kelly or me, and anything like most people, you've heard about Do Delegate Delete before. And you'll go, that sounds like an excellent idea. I'm a huge <laughs> yeah. fan of that. That That is yeah. wonderful. And then you implement it or attempt to implement it. <laughs> and, and you find that perhaps it's not quite as simple as originally thought. Because mm-hmm. most things are easier said than done. I I can look at going, yeah, you know what? Like working out every day, wonderful idea. I love that idea. It's not always as easy said as done. Right. Like anything. So we can appreciate how you go through your day and there are the things that you know you need to do. There are the things that, you know, say uh, going to work and you know the tasks that are involved at work, and you know the tasks that are involved at home, and you have that routine. And then on the other side, there are the things that you desire to do, and you desire to implement. And you're trying to figure out how do I make that work? Enter, do delegate, delete. And that sounds like it's going to be the answer and it's going to work wonderfully. But there's that implementation process. And most people think, ah, delegate. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I love delegate. I'm just going to get some other people on board. Uh And the thing that Kelly and I joke about now is how much we love delete. 
yeah. Delete is really the sweet spot. So today we wanted to talk about how often do you feel like you have to do it all and some of the kind of I don't know, subconscious drivers or subconscious beliefs going on underneath the doing that you think you have to do. Because that right there will be the things that trip you up in the implementation of do, delegate, delete. We kind of got a a little four-part prong to this to uncover some things. But where we want to start is how often do you feel like you have to do it all? And talking about commitments. The first place to start is like, what are you committed to? (laughs) Now, Kelly has shared, um, you know, she's really embracing the not very much idea (laughs) right now. What are you committing to? What are you saying yes to? Not very much. Not very much. (laughs) Kel, do you want to expound on that? (laughs) Uh, So when it comes to uh, teaching, my business uh, of teaching, I have moved in a direction of saying no more often than saying yes. Partly because I have to respect my own boundaries. (gasps) She said the B word. I know. (laughs) And knowing that there's a schedule that I like to have. And if somebody wants to see me or wants me to see them during a time like the evening or the weekend when I'm not available, that's not in my regular schedule. In the past, I would always go, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's a quick way to burn yourself out (laughs) Mm -hmm. and start to be resentful to other people who have no idea that that you're breaking your own boundaries. Yeah. I want to interrupt there really quick because resentment is a red flag for me. Like I had to uncover that, that when I start to resent something, that's a me issue. That is not a them issue. That is a me issue. Right. So when I start to hold resentment, it means that one, I have not been clear, right? That I need to communicate better. Or two, what is usually the case is I've crossed right over my boundaries that other people don't know about. Right. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. And I used to be really good at setting boundaries in my head, but then not actually expressing them and then being resentful that people cross boundaries that they didn't know about. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, and that was, that was where I was at, you know, or have been for the last 15 years. 15 years. The, I know, shit, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> that, you know, the boundaries were set in my brain, mm-hmm. but the boundaries were not verbalized. And I was not even respecting my own boundaries because I was the one that was going, yeah, sure, no problem. Sure, no problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no problem. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and now, just over the last year, two years, who knows? Time makes no sense. 
since things turned upside down. Since 2020, time is irrelevant. But I've started to slowly, you know, it's an incremental process, but slowly start to set those boundaries in place and verbalize them to people saying, I, you know, no, I cannot teach you at 6 p.m. because I don't teach at 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. No, I cannot teach you on a Saturday or a Sunday because I don't teach on Saturday and Sunday. So I have slowly become, you know, started to verbalize it. So now my boundaries are in place and now they know that. <laughs> and I can turn around and say, no, I cannot do 6 p.m. However, this is what I can do. Hey, a solution. And this is my window of time that I'm available. Mm-hmm. If that window of time is not conducive to your schedule, I can reach out to another person that might have a window of time in your schedule. There we go. Yeah. That's also a delegate. That's a delegate, (laughs) right? You're like, I'm going to try to help you. And if I can't help you, I hope I can refer you to someone who can. Mm -hmm. And I love what you said too is, and as someone who has not been practicing this for 15 years, it's, it is a stretching boundaries and it can feel very uncomfortable. Yeah. So like if you're used to people pleasing, boundaries can feel like very mean. (laughs) (laughs) It can. And so I love when you said, I can't teach you at 6 p.m. because I don't work at that time. Yeah. You can also just say, I'm not available at that time. Right. Right? Like you don't need to explain it, but I completely understand why when you're transitioning into this and you're flexing that muscle, you're just like, I, I can't because I don't, yeah. I don't work those hours. Like right. I'm not available in those hours. And as you know, we chatted before too. It's funny because the person that's scheduling you is probably asking for that time because they are working. Right. Right. They have their right. set work hours and then they're looking for something outside of those work hours. And right. Kelly's like, no, but those I'm those aren't my work hours. Yeah, I have right. my set work hours, <laughs> right? Like these are my work hours. Yeah, and they're different. Sorry. Right. Um, Sorry. Yeah. But I think there's something really important in here, and I encourage everyone to really, truly examine this. Is if you are saying yes, how often you have said yes without fully examining what it's costing you to say yes. Yeah. Yeah. Whether that is picking up extra clients, picking up extra work hours, volunteering at the school, something, something, Mm -hmm. volunteering at a community, something, something, going out for Friday night, girls night, whatever. Anytime you say yes, you are saying no to something else. Right. So oftentimes we say yes, because in the moment, in the moment, it may very well be like something, sound like something you want to do. And I also know from personal experience in the moment, I say yes to avoid the conflict of saying no. 
Right. <laughs> right? I will avoid that awkwardness of being like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> right? Yeah. But yeah. I'm sure as heck not going to say no to your face because that would be <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> so really examining, like, what is it costing you to say yes? Yeah. And oftentimes what we're doing is a short-term gain and a long-term cost. And it should be the other way, right? What's the short-term exactly. cost of saying no? It's uncomfortable. Yeah. Or, you know, I, as Kelly and I have chatted, in, in being as subcontractors, independent, you know, workers here, mm-hmm. sometimes we're literally saying no to the money on the table. Right. And and the 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 uncomfortable or even straight up fear of saying no, right, in that moment, but what's the long-term gain? Well, right. now I have a schedule that really works for me. I'm working in my best wheelhouse. It lets me prioritize family time every night, which is high value to me, right. which we'll talk about in a little bit. So when we really look at how often do you feel like you have to do it all, the first place to start is to look at what are you saying yes to? And what is that costing you? Yeah. The the second thing that I personally have had to really, really examine here is, um, you know, what am I committed to? And am I fully committed? <laughs> am I half-ass committed? Or am I overcommitted? Uh-huh. And it's been really interesting to examine that one because of my um past relationship with the word committed <laughs> so well, i think we've discussed this before if not we should just have a podcast about this right but you know the importance of the words we use so if i were to say um disciplined oh i really don't like that word yeah that means like i'm in trouble it's like yeah. a punishment but devoted. Yes. That's a little, I mean, that's still an intense word for me, but it's still the same thing. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. It yeah. means the same thing and committed yeah. kind of falls in the middle ground for me. So if I say like, I'm committed in my relationship. Yeah. 100%. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm committed to taking care of the dog. Yeah, absolutely. I'm committed to taking care of myself. Well, that seems more difficult. <laughs> right? There's there's something with these words. So I have to look at where am I being committed? And what's that kind of like, I don't know, that that scale of commitment? Committed to my relationship and my fur baby, that's a 10 on a 1 out of 10. Yeah. Committed to taking care of myself now is a probably a nine, right? Like I'm pretty high up there, but in the past I would be like, ooh, like maybe a three. It kind of depends yeah. on if everything else is taken care of and how I'm feeling. You know, like it was yeah. not there. My level of commitment was not there. Yeah. So once I discovered this, like the idea of commitment and and when i say the phrase you know i've talked about ways of being before and if i say i am being committed 
What does that look like? When I say that phrase, you can bet your ass I'm going to do whatever I said I was going to do. Right. For most people, we operate at a level 10 for other people in that way. If I told you I was going to do it, I'll go do it. But if I tell me I was going to do it, we'll see. So when I started applying that to myself, guess what? It turns out I am a really committed person, which also can get me in trouble. (laughs) And that's where the over committed comes in. Mm -hmm. So I, like I've said before, I kind of operate in that pendulum thing. I'm one way, I go the other way, hardcore, and eventually I'll find my middle ground in this. But looking at what am I committed to and knowing I can only be committed to a few things at a time. Right. Right? (laughs) Like I really can if I'm going to be fully committed. Now, if you take that commitment and you mix that with low self-worth, that's when you get overcommitted. And this can create a vicious cycle because if you are overcommitted, you're probably not doing all the things to the best of your ability. And I mean that in, I mean that in, at the time you are giving it your best that you can, but it's probably not the most effective best. It's not the most effective doing, right? Because your energy is split in all these different places. You can be super committed and you're showing up and you're checking the boxes and you're moving the ruler like a quarter of an inch at a time in all these areas. And then you can look back and go, what What the hell? I've been committed. I've been doing it every day, but I don't see the progress. I'm not seeing it. You mix that with the low self-worth, it turns into what's wrong with me. I need to do more. Yeah. And then you shove more of the doing because it's never enough into the schedule, creating more of the same. One of my mentors, uh, Coach Lisa Carpenter, we've mentioned her before. She has a phrase, you know, where she really lives by is do less better. Take all the overdoing off the plate and focus on what you're actually committed to. And you cannot be committed to all the things Right. So if we break that down and apply it to say health, I'm, you know, I'm someone who works in the fitness industry. Kelly works in the fitness industry. I will tell you right up, first up, if you want to lose weight, focus on your nutrition. Yeah. That's the best thing to focus on. Right. If you want to build muscle and lean out hypertrophy wise, like bodybuilder, focus on lifting weights. That's where you're going to get the bang for your buck. So really take a look at, you know, how many people go, okay, I'm going to clean up my health. I'm going to get healthier. So I need to start with nutrition and I need to start working out and I need to do this and I need to do this and this and this and this. No, that is the surefire way to burnout. That is the surefire way. Commit to one part of that. One part. Start there. And give it your focus and attention. Right. So those are kind of the big ideas with, um, you know, if we talk about being committed, what are you saying yes to? What is it costing you to say yes? And then also looking at your commitments. Are you fully committed? Are you half-ass committed? Or are you over-committed? 
and see which part of that is not working so yeah. that we can really start to move forward and go, okay, how can I start to take this off my plate? What are the things I want to take off my plate? That moves us into like section two, <laughs> if you will, is this idea of feeling like you have to do it all and what is causing you to feel like you have to do it all. And underneath that oftentimes can be a control issue, (laughs) right? The feeling that I need to control it. If it's not me, it will be a disaster. I'm the one that has to do this. I'm the one the responsibility falls to. And oftentimes that control issue actually comes from a place of insecurity. Now, I know we talked about this in our, um, when, when you were talking about, uh, on the nights Craig cooks, yeah. <laughs> you're like, he is a messy cook. Uh, yeah. right? <laughs> like that whole like idea that like, no, this is how you cook. This is how it should be. Right. So when we are looking at, again, a control issue or an insecurity underneath it and looking at how often does that drive what you're saying yes to, how often does that drive the things that are on your plates? And one thing we talked about a little earlier was this, are the things you're saying yes to, are the things you're committed to, do they line up with your values? So Cal, when you're looking at that schedule, how does cleaning up the schedule line up with your values? Well, because it gives me more time to be at home with my family. That's part of the reason why I wanted to get rid of evenings, teaching, split days, which I've, I got rid of those a long time ago, but um, and weekends because I want to be with my family when they're all here. <laughs> well, family with, family is a high value. Yeah. Family is important to me. So hmm. evenings and weekends is when they're all around. So the that's the best time for me to also be here because I used to be the one that was gone all the time. <laughs> mm, interesting. Yeah. And, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I also hear you saying then that Family time is a higher value than that $85 client. Yeah, it is. <laughs> right? And I want to say this by saying, I do not, I am not one to say like money shouldn't be a value. Like, I'm sorry, hell no. Money is definitely a high value for me. Yeah. Not because of money, but because of what money allows me to do. Yeah. A ways that money allows me to, you know, live my life or, hey, you know, create a schedule that I create boundaries around so that I can spend more time with people that I want to spend time with. You know, right. I'm by no means saying money is bad, but Kelly's got a priority list here. She knows her values and she's like, hey, this is how I'm going to set this up. You know, uh, my family time is going to be important to me and I'm going to set some strong boundaries around that time. And that may mean saying no to some money on the table. Okay. Yeah. So knowing your values and are the things that you're committing to lining up 
with your values. Now, this may be um, jolting to some people. Brace yourselves, ready? But oftentimes, Kelly's like, what is happening right now? I'm scared. (laughs) Hold on. What's she about to say? (laughs) A lot of times, and Kelly's experienced this too, we do this in the retreat, is we'll literally do a values exercise. And most people, if I say, you know, do you know your values? They're like, yeah, but they don't. Because they've never sat down to actually clarify what their values are. And and in that process, like we say, you're going to narrow it down to your top 10. And then we're literally going to put them in order of 1 to 10. And it is hard if you've never done it before. And the idea that it's the same as, you know, over committing. If you value everything, you value nothing. Right. If you commit to everything, you commit to nothing. (laughs) So... I had a coach say one time, and it was really disturbing, was, um, you know, you have your values and you'll say these are values, but I want you to look at your day and how you spend your day is really what you value. How you spend your day, day in and day out, shows you what you truly value. And you know what that day looked like at that time? Working three jobs... And laying exhausted watching Netflix. That was literally what my days consisted of at that time. And meanwhile, I was seeing this coach because I really wanted to grow my business. And yet, building my business was nowhere in my schedule. Right? Nowhere in my schedule. The only thing that really felt like was for me in my schedule was when I could zone out on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. That, that was what I valued. I valued Netflix and I valued, you know, the, the minimum wage dollars to pay my bills. That was my day. Yeah. And meanwhile, on the top of my list was freedom because that's always a high value of mine, like freedom and autonomy, Mm -hmm. high values of mine. That list always says health, and yet nothing about what I was doing was healthy in any way, shape, or form, <laughs> right. right? Like, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. None of my values were on there, including, right, like family and friends. And yet, when my phone would ring, I'd be like, oh, I just can't. Mm-hmm. That's not valuing any of my values. Right. So part three of this is I encourage you, like, make a list of what you're committed to. Write down, literally spend a week and just write down what you do with your time. <laughs> and I mean everything. I had a I had a job that did this to me one time. It was it was horrible. I hated it. But um they literally made me write track every minute of my day yeah. of what I did. And, um, you know, I, I was mad at that point because I was like, um, you know, for me, I was like, I, I'm doing all this work stuff and uh, this is just a waste of time, right? Like I could be doing so much more. That's a theme in my life, but, um, <laughs> right. But in a personal sense, right, it's really important to take a look at where is your time really going? How often do you flip open the phone to just look at a, Facebook notification and find yourself scrolling and, oh crap, it's been 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. You do that five times a day, six times a day, you've just spent two hours 
on social yeah. media. Yeah. It's really important to gauge these things. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying call them good, call them bad, but just really take inventory of it and see what are you actually committed to. Yeah, I that's it's funny you say the list thing because you know I just uh, had was in a webinar last week or the week before recently, and she said to literally create a timesheet. Not an, I mean, you could do like a timesheet where you're writing it down, but mm-hmm. she said what she does is uses her calendar, her Google Calendar, and everything is color coded. And she will literally go in and put, like, at the end of the day, go through, okay, what did I do all day and color code it? And then go back and look at it to see where, you know, like, where is your time, for example, in, like, in your business, what, where were you spending time to move your business forward? Mm -hmm. You know, and then where were you, like, wasting time? You know, like, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So... It is important to do that, to like see what are you spending your time on because what you're spending your time on is what you're committed to. Exactly. And if you go back and you look at that and you're like, that makes me ill. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because I spent two hours of my day on social media Mm-hmm. And social media doesn't move my business forward. Now, granted, it Sometimes. could. Yeah. It could. Like in her, for example, this person that was teaching the webinar, it had, it did. Mm-hmm. She was so concerned about, I'm spending so much time on Instagram, but Instagram was actually moving her business forward, was bringing her clients. And so mm-hmm. then she was like, okay, well, I guess it's actually working. But if you're not a business owner or you're not working on a business if you're spending all this time on social media and it doesn't feel good to you you have to change that because that's literally what you're committed to if you go back and look at it and and to add to that kind of in two ways um jim jim says in jim fortin my coach A lot of times we'll look at things and when we get to this like idea of commitment, oftentimes I I did this as I was like, oh my God, I've been so uncommitted. I've been so uncommitted. And a big two by four to the face was Jim said, no, you haven't. You've been very committed to not being committed. Right. Right. (laughs) Oh, crap. (laughs) Like I have been committed to something. The loving two by four right to the face. Um (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, it's always important to look at that is, is what are you being committed to? And you can very well be committed to Instagram or Facebook. And then a follow-up question that I really had to ask myself is, okay, you're looking at this and you're looking at, I can't believe I spend so much time on Facebook or watching Netflix or um, I mean, look, in it, very, very innocently, we've spoken about this before, is getting ready to get ready. Mm-hmm. So I've spent a lot of time researching recipes on Pinterest, and it's moving my health forward. Yeah. Is it? Are you using them? Are, or, are we, or are we looking at them and, and saving them for later? Yeah. And it's really important to really break these things down. So I love when, you know, you give the example of like, yes, is, is 
is Instagram moving my business forward, but really taking a look at, is it? Right. <laughs> right. Like, is it? Mm-hmm. Or am I telling myself as a business owner, it's vital for me to be on social yeah. media yeah, mm-hmm. and spend this time on there and looking at, is it really like an income producing activity? But even if you're not a business owner, right? I love social media for the reason that I get to see Brody pictures because yeah. my four-year-old nephew is in way far away different state. Yeah. And my family and my friends and, you know, they're, they're way far away and I get to see them and I feel connected to them. Connection is a top value of mine. Right. Okay. Now, here's the funny thing, though. How often am I using that to form false connection instead of just calling my friend and talking to them? Right. It makes me feel like I'm connected. Is that the connection that I want? Right. No. (laughs) (laughs) So... It's really important to look at in those moments too. If I'm spending all this time on social media, this is my personal example because it kind of combines all of it. I've done the same thing. Like I have to be on social media for my business. So important. And I've literally been on there saying it's for work while ignoring Eddie sitting right next to me. Like I've done this. I'm not proud of it. I've done it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, scrolling through and saying like, I have to do this. It's for work. Uh huh. And quote unquote, like leaving messages or this and that, you know, for business, because I'm connecting and it's a high value of mine. And also recognizing in that moment, if that's not really the type of connection I want, mm-hmm. what am I avoiding? The, when we uncover it, <laughs> you're avoiding the person sitting right next to you that wants your attention. <laughs> and what about that am I avoiding? Right. If you're looking at, you track, you track that day and you look at it and you go, man, I spent so much time on Netflix or I spent so much time on social media. And what I really want to do is, um, spend more time genuinely catching up with friends on the phone or FaceTime or heaven forbid in person. Right. But I just don't have time to do it. And you've got the thing you really want to do and the things that you're like, I don't know why I do this. What are you avoiding? Mm -hmm. And like I said before, I used to just I would just zone out on Netflix or whatever, catching up on the DVR. And I would tell myself I was doing research because of an acting side. I would literally tell myself, it's my job to know, especially at pilot season, you know, when all the new shows are rolling out, like I have to know about all of them. This was like, you know, pre-streaming. I think Netflix was like the only streaming service, right? Yeah. yeah. I have to know about all the pilots. Like it's my job. I'm not joking. I would say this with complete seriousness because that's what I was told from acting teachers. You know, you gotta, you gotta know the market. You gotta know what's going on. You gotta know who's who and where and what the players. So I would spend hours and hours and hours watching TV, telling myself that I was being productive. Meanwhile, I wasn't actually auditioning. I wasn't submitting myself for anything, but I felt like I was working. You know, I was being busy. I was in you know, doing my research mode, moving that needle, 
not, what was I avoiding? Right. Actually doing the actually, work. Actually, yeah. Actually work. Yeah. Actually submitting. Why was I avoiding that? Because that's vulnerable. I was right. not willing to put myself on tape and put it out there because what if they didn't like me? So instead, yeah. I buried myself in this zone out time telling myself, oh, no, this is really productive. And it's something I have to do. Uh-huh. That was the story in my head. Completely serious. That was something I had to do. Mm-hmm. So I encourage you to make a list of the commitments. Make a list of where you're spending your time. See if those lists actually line up with your values. Mm-hmm. If they don't, delete it. Yeah. Or delegate it, right? Like we talked about this, maybe laundry and dishes don't, you know, line up with your values, but I bet they do if your values are family. Yeah. This is a way I take care of my family and it's okay to encourage your family to also help take care of the family in that way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Last but not least here, let's talk about, um, again, this Oftentimes, what brings us to do delegate delete in the first place is I'm exhausted because I can't keep keeping all the balls in the air. Right. There's too much on the schedule. I'm frustrated. I'm exhausted. Yep. And again, this comes back to, you know, kind of note number one, which is what are you committed to? Where are you being overcommitted? And again, if, if you're anything like me, you found yourself overcommitted trying to do a little bit from everything. And then because I'm, I'm so committed, I have to convince myself to go do the things. Mm-hmm. And I do believe it's very important to acknowledge like, man, I'm really tired, but I'm committed to moving my body every day right? And showing up and go moving your body. And maybe it doesn't look like the, you know, circuit workout you had planned. Maybe you end up doing, you know, basic bridging and curling and Pilates and yoga, right? It's a whole different type of impact, but you're still moving your body. Right. But if you have to constantly convince yourself to do something, you may want to take a look at, is it Like, why is it on the table? Why is it on the schedule, right? Because the very, the very act of convincing yourself or negotiating with yourself is exhausting. (laughs) You waste a lot of that energy that you don't have just trying to convince yourself to go do the thing that you say you want to do. Right. And if you're doing that over five, six, seven things, it's going to be five, six, seven times more exhausting than the one thing. Right. Right. So again, less is more. Less is more. The more that you can take off your plate, the more that you say no to, and the more that you really look at, if I say yes, what does this cost me? The less you have to do. And that can just make it easier to delete and it can also make it easier to delegate. All right. So these are all like subconscious things running beneath the surface. How many of us heard do delegate delete and go, yay, perfect. (laughs) Right. And then when it's time to, 
Yeah, I got this. I totally got this. And then when it's time to implement, it's like, well, not that. I can't do that. Well, I can't do that. I can't do that. No, not that one. Yeah. And and it's (laughs) legit to have some things that you're not willing to give up. Fine. Totally like great, you know, but when you find yourself looking at all those things and then saying, I'm the one that has to do it and I have to do it all. And I have to do it all perfectly. And it all has to be done by this time. Right? If I don't have this outcome by this date, I'm a failure. All of those things. Those beliefs are all running underneath the surface of what you're willing to say yes and no to. What you're willing to delete or delegate. What you're willing to commit or not commit to. So it's really important to examine those things. These are just a few, a few steps to examine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cal, you got something else to add there? No, I mean, it's, it's a matter of taking a look at what you're doing, what you're committed to. I know that that committed word is, could be a little scary, but it's, it's literally like, if you look at your calendar after you've gone through your calendar, those are the things you're committed to. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's real. And <laughs> it's if, real. If they don't, if they, if it doesn't feel good in here, then it, you have to do something with it. Mm-hmm. Delegate or delete. By the way, Kelly was pointing to her heart oh. when she said <laughs> it could be Sorry. heart. It could be brain. I, I know, right? Yeah, if it doesn't feel good in your heart, mm-hmm. then it's something that needs to be deleted or delegated. Mo- 99% of the time is probably something you can delete. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it is. It really is. Probably not even worth being delegated. I also, this is very, you know, again, kind of subconscious and in a little brain science, it is physics. But, um, you know, that habits are created with repetition. If you know that this does not feel good, it doesn't light me up, and you force yourself to do it, and you do it over and over and over and over and over again, you are committed to making yourself feel horrible. Yeah. Yep. You and, and another way I like to look at it is what am I tolerating? These yeah. things that I commit to, I am willing to tolerate because of that long-term gain. But if you're committed to doing something over and over and over that feels horrible and you can't quite see a long-term gain, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Right? If you're looking at it as a means to an end, probably not on the right path. <laughs> right? Like, and we even say this with, you know, in the health field too. How many people I talk with that are like, I got to lose weight. So the behaviors you're doing are a means to an end. That's the surefire way to put weight right back on. Yep. If it's a means to an end, if you are in a job that you hate and it makes you feel horrible, Because you just got to make this money or you just got to punch it out until retirement. It's a means to an end. Is that how, is is that really what you value? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? What are you tolerating? Right. And again, what does that say about your commitment to you, to your well-being? 
all wonderful things to consider as you start to delete to do less better. And guess what? Doing less better and deleting is a surefire way to create more space for joy, to create more space for peace, to create more space for you in your life, which, you know, huge fan of that. (laughs) Yeah. Cal, you want to wrap us up here? Uh, (laughs) Tell them, tell them where they can find us. Oh, if you want more of us, each of us, <laughs> <laughs> you can um, follow us on social media. So um, Permission to Explore is what we are on Facebook and Instagram. Um, our email is permission to explore retreats at gmail.com. Um, our individual handles, if you want to work with one of us, uh, mine is... Uh, Kelly Pilates on the Instagram and Lindsay is coach underscore Lindsay underscore Schwann on Instagram and you can reach us there. Drop into our DMs. Yes! (laughs) At any of those places and uh, we'll be happy to help you and please um Subscribe to this podcast, leave us a comment, leave us a review, share it with others. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It helps. Yes, it helps with algorithms, but besides algorithms, algorithms help us get seen by more people, which helps us help more people. (laughs) So we would love to do that to be able to help more people who are looking to, you know, create some more space for joy and peace in their lives. So thank you everyone for listening. We really, truly appreciate you being here. And uh, we hope we will get to talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.